Hello, and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I am the editor in chief of Fun Biometrics and Mobile ID World, where we are concluding our 17th annual Year in Review industry event. The Year in Review has a reputation for setting the bar for the biometrics industry discourse for the subsequent 12 months, and this year we've been looking back on the major milestones of the past decade in identity and biometrics with industry leaders. That's why on this latest episode of ID Talk, I am pleased to welcome Gary Jones, Idemia's Vice President of Global Channel and Marketing for Biometric Access and Time Solutions. Fine Biometrics readers will no doubt recognize Gary as a participant of our expert webinars and conference panels. And in this episode, he and I take a deep dive on the topics of biometric access and security as it evolved over the past 10 years and where the industry is heading. We dig into some of the Fine Biometrics year in review results as well, talking about frictionless biometrics, facial recognition, and public education. And we conclude with a preview of what Idemia has in store for 2020. It's always a pleasure speaking with Gary, and I know you'll love our conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Idemia's Gary Jones on the ID Talk podcast. I'm joined today by Gary Jones, Vice President of Global Channel and Marketing, Biometric Access and Time Solutions at Idemia. Gary, thanks for joining me today on ID Talk. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure as always. We're entering the new decade, and in the 2010s, well, they were very transformative for biometrics, particularly in your areas of expertise. What was the state of biometrics for access control 10 years ago, and how has it transformed? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a really very fascinating question because it also, um, you, you know, there's a bit of replay that's happening in the industry. I can elaborate a little bit, and I'll, I'll even rewind just a fraction further and say that you know, 15 years ago, we all sort of spoke about it as the, the wild west of biometrics. Um, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. And unfortunately, it, uh, you know, there were a lot of players um, who came into the market uh, that proposed solutions, particularly in the access control space, that were really just not suitable for the application. And unfortunately, it did uh, create quite a bit of a, let's say, a tarnishing in the industry and uh, a lot of us and, and other leaders in the market had to spend a lot of time, let's say, correcting those perceptions and uh, trying to reset market expectations correctly. So, so what that led to is um, by two, you know, let's say, ten years ago, um, if you compared it with fifteen years ago, probably seventy-five uh, percent of the companies that sort of were in that wild west period had started to fall away. So, if we look at two thousand and ten. The market was definitely uh, a little bit, a little bit more stable. There was um, much more, much more broad use of traditional biometrics for access and time. Uh, certainly, it was also region specific. Um, for example, regions like uh, South uh, South Africa, South America, um, some of the regions in Asia had uh, very aggressively adopted biometrics already by 2010. You know, as early as 2003 and five is when they started. But in 2010 is where we started to see things turn specifically in North America, um, which was obviously a, a good sign for the market as well. But again, going back to 2010, you know, in terms of modality, uh, we certainly started to see, you know, more face and iris uh, and even vein recognition entering the, the, the play. But I would say fingerprint was still the de facto technology that was being used. Um, and uh, you know the, the ratio of doors uh, that were being enabled with biometrics per site or per end user 
were starting to gradually increase as well. In other words, overall, the market was already showing some trust in the technology to use it, you know, at more and more locations within uh, facilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned that prior to the 2010s, there was this sort of false start. And uh, I know that with the falling away of a lot of companies, there were some public perception issues. And then obviously in 2013 with Touch ID and then moving forward with mobile biometrics, public perception really started to shift in terms of, of biometrics and identity in general, what role has public perception had on the access and time and attendance markets? In those regions that were early adopters, I think that most of the correction that was done in those markets was done by the, you know, the, the leaders in the biometric space. So through through you know consistently good products and then weeding out the the, the bad deployments that had come from those sort of one-off companies. Um, those early adopters, you know, those markets continued to grow steadily uh, on an ongoing basis. I would say that from a from a global perspective, though, um, the one market that probably benefited the most in terms of public perception that was driven by things like uh, adoption of biometrics onto cell phones, especially with Touch ID, you know, that was definitely the first major, um, let's say, spike. I would say in awareness. And also, you know, obviously familiarity, but comfort with the concept. Um, and then, you know, as, as more and more manufacturers started to embed some form of biometrics onto their, their phones, this really helped the cause, particularly for the North American space. People just got used to the fact that this is something that you can use uh, not only for security, but uh, you know, sometimes even more importantly for convenience and that it could be repeatable. It could be used many, many times, you know, throughout the course of the day uh, with little to no effort. Mm -hmm. And would you say that that consumer familiarity has helped spur adoption in, in enterprise and, and the vertical markets? Is there a, co is there a connection there? Yes, uh, there's no doubt about it. There's definitely a positive connection. It means that uh, for the security teams that have to deploy these systems, um, if they choose the right technologies, the willingness, uh, not only willingness, but actually the excitement to use the system is there. Um, it means that, you know, obviously the buy-in is, is much better. And it also means that uh, in many cases, the users already have a, an understanding that they have a role to play in the success of a system. You know, biometric systems, we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about frictionless in a moment, but, you know, all biometric systems have at least some user dependence. Uh, nothing is completely immune um, to, to user behavior. And I think, you know, again, that usage on the cell phones helped to pre-train in a way uh, a lot of users uh, that then started to use it in their corporate or their work you know, work environment. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And with something so personal as biometrics, I imagine that when it is less familiar, it can feel more invasive. Um, you, know, you spoke a little bit about uh, some of the markets. The big ones most commonly associated with access and time solutions are enterprise, as I mentioned just prior to this, and then uh, border control. But as you and I have explored on webinars in, in the past year, there are other markets where these solutions are very transformative. What sectors do you expect solutions like your MorphoWave uh, scanner to catch on in the coming years? Um, so the, the MorphoWave has seen uh, tremendous success across so many verticals just because of its you know the ease of use and the security that comes with the technology but there certainly have been a few verticals that from quite early on uh, you know jumped out or stood out and the financial sector by far is is i think the one 
that really got the biggest head start. Uh, so it's extremely widely used in, in that market, uh, but also data centers because of the security levels that are required there, especially for multi-factor. Um, and then uh, the other, you know, any industry that requires uh, very high throughput and involves a lot of employees where you just have to get people into the workplace efficiently and in a secure way. So, for example, manufacturing has, has been a very big uh, market for us. And uh, also some, yeah, not necessarily surprising, but some interesting use cases as well. Uh, very, very popular uh, in the university space, um, which I'll, if I may, I'll sort of touch on two points at the same time. In universities, it's used uh, extensively, obviously, for access control, but also for uh, you know, cafeteria management uh, so that the access is tied to students' um, cafeteria schemes, payment schemes, or food food programs, um, and even for food payment. But that, that also leads to another uh, you know, interesting point to the question that you asked earlier about adoption. I think that is another important element when it comes to acceptance of biometrics today compared to 15 years ago. Um, today, a lot of the decision makers are, you know, a younger generation who've grown up with much more technology at their fingertips, um, and the expectations are very different um, because they've been used to uh, having everything happen instantly. Um, they've also grown up with biometrics. Um, there's a much more uh, sort of, let's just say, uh, assumed approach that biometrics will be part of a, you know, broader security system. And in fact, obviously, the fact that the technology is being used in universities uh, means that as those students are moving from the uh, educational space into the workspace, um, they already have a good perception of how well the technology can work for them. Did you know that Idemia introduced frictionless biometric access? In 2015, Idemia unveiled the first 3D touchless fingerprint reader, MorphoWave. Cut to present day, and the next generation MorphoWave Compact is found wherever high security meets high throughput. Why do security professionals choose MorphoWave technology by Idemia? Convenience for a start. Users are positively identified with a simple wave of the hand. Then there's its compatibility with multi-factor authentication and ease of deployment. Finally, it's friendly. MorphoWave's high-speed, touchless acquisition allows users to remain in motion while their identity is verified. Employees and visitors alike will find this security measure quick and non-intrusive. For a look at the next wave in frictionless biometric access control, visit idemia.com today. And now, back to the podcast. What challenges are still facing biometric access now in 2020? Sure. So I think, um, you know, the reason I sort of drew, drew a bit of a focus on this uh, Wild West situation that occurred or existed uh, back in the early 2000s, you know, 2005, is that I, I think a lot of us are aware that we we have a bit of risk right now. We have this uh, period where there has probably never been this much visibility or exposure to biometrics, particularly facial. Um, but we've certainly seen in the last two years, not not just around facial, but the number of new entrants in the market um, has absolutely exploded. And we have already started to see a bit of repetition of that um, uh, kind of situation that we saw 15 years ago where um, customers are, are getting, uh, let's say, tarnished opinions of what the technology could or should do. 
there is a very big difference between you know uh, observing or uh, uh, fil you know filming or viewing somebody through a camera um, and actually using that information in a proper and correct manner you know especially when it comes to opening a door for example um, it's not as straightforward as, as most people think um, access control has some very specific rules and requirements um, that are in fact in many cases even more challenging than uh, surveillance use cases they, they obviously each have their intricacies but i think the the caution that we would draw right now is that anybody out there uh, that is a potential customer needs to do their due diligence you know look at benchmarks thoroughly test the technology evaluate the company's history you know the long-term performance because again you know uh, not only because of acquisitions, but also because of uh, some companies that in the space of 18 months have, have uh, appeared and disappeared just as quickly. Again, as an industry, we end up carrying the cost because we have to invest uh, heavily into um, uh, marketing that is really tailored more towards education or re-education, when in fact the, that same budget could be spent on technology uh, advancement, right? So, you know, obviously, this impacts all all of the the major players in the industry uh, pretty significantly. So I think that th that's one area of challenge that is uh, going to exist. If we think about how long it took for the dust to settle back in the you know the early two thousands, we can probably expect this kind of situation to continue for another two or three years. Uh, the other thing that I think is uh, very very critical right now is the different degrees of perception around biometrics um, and how biometric systems work. We think it's great that more standards are coming into play, especially things like GDPR, because it means that rigorous and maybe as onerous as they may be, um, these standards are important because there is now a good reference or a baseline. And although it may be, let's say, expensive to comply, um, at least we know that there are now some strong uh, common standards that are out there that customers can look at and you know they can measure their vendors against as well. I think the other obvious point uh, you know that, that is on everybody's lips is around the privacy issue. Uh, we see the number of articles and cases that are going on around the world and this is particularly biased right now at this point in time to facial because of the remote nature of facial recognition versus you know the other uh, the other two modalities the two other major modalities such as uh, fingerprint and iris okay, iris to a degree is, is remote as well but um in order of uh, uh let's say proximity you know you'd go from facial to iris and then fingerprint in terms of how far away the scanning actually takes place so that is still something that i think needs a lot of uh review uh, again, uh, the industry leaders, uh, you know, uh, which we 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 are uh, the major one, spend a lot of time to make sure that systems are uh, built or let's say designed with privacy from the beginning, from the outset, uh, in mind. So um, the technology is really built to make sure that customers can not only protect the data but also have full control over what they do uh, and deploy systems responsibly. We just completed our Find Biometrics Year in Review survey at Find Biometrics, and there were some really fascinating results. For the third year in a row, facial recognition was voted as the most exciting biometric modality. I guess my question for you is, why do you think it's maintaining this popularity uh, that was initially started around Face ID uh, in spite of all of the controversies that, that you just described uh, that we're seeing in the mainstream Absolutely. news? Yeah, another really good and, and fascinating question. I think it's um, 
pretty pretty multifaceted. The first one, obviously, um, it's been let's say further fueled by the industry itself. You know, if, uh, when you visit major trade shows, uh, you, you certainly see the prevalence. Um, you know, whereas you know perhaps five years ago, uh, and again, don't quote me on on the percentages, but just roughly speaking. You know, maybe maybe five or ten percent of booths would have had some form of biometric, uh, particularly if you look at facial. You know, today when you go to these major trade shows, you know, I, I would guess that that's probably you know, maybe quadrupled um, in in recent years. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly the industry has fueled that attention on facial, um, because obviously the industry is looking to capitalize on uh, you know on this on this uh, wave that we're having. Um, but the other thing I think, and, and this is really a fascinating point, is that when we get in front of customers, uh, whether it's partners or system integrators or even end users, and the question about uh, facial recognition as a biometric modality comes up, you know, we typically, obviously, we try to drill much deeper to understand what is the customer actually looking for. And when you get into the discussion, what, what we find most of the time is that the customer is actually looking for a frictionless solution and facial just happened to be the most let's say obvious uh, association that the customer has with the idea of frictionless because you know everyone knows how cameras work and you know everyone everyone is uh, being filmed in the video at some point so that idea of frictionless being tied to facial is just a more natural assumption so i will say that in 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 most cases um once the real need is assessed um, of course, facial has a large role to play, but in fact, many times other solutions may be just as good and, and often better uh, than facial. So um, I, I think that the again, it's one of these things we see it in, in industries like this all the time where there is hype around a certain type of technology um, or, or buzz. You know, we know the AI buzz that's occurred. And I think that's been another yet one more facet, you know, the whole um concept of ai is a very attractive one it's it's you know um, it has a lot of intrigue around it and uh, when you combine the concept of ai with facial you know it's exciting it, it looks exciting and uh, of course it is it is absolutely great technology um, but i think those are the, some of the contributing factors that have helped to to fuel this uh, very good interest in facial yeah that's a really fascinating point about the um the association with artificial intelligence because i know when biometrics really started to catch on with um with the consumer audience it was largely because of a coolness factor uh there was obviously convenience and a little bit of security but it wasn't really a a full security use case and the idea of artificial intelligence is so deeply ingrained in our culture and especially when you start using expanded terms like computer vision i think people do really get Mm -hmm. excited you know, speaking of buzz, it was very clear throughout 2019, and we're still seeing it now in 2020, in these first few weeks, um, that fingerprint as a biometric is kind of making a bit of a comeback public perception-wise. What factors do you see driving the renewed interest in fingerprint biometrics? Sure, so um, on this particular point, um, not not at all, uh, intending to sound boastful here, but uh, you know, with with the privilege of working for Idemia, I'm, I'm very pleased to say that I believe we had a massive role in this. You know, we really launched the whole concept of genuine frictionless biometrics in back in 2015 with with Morpho Wave, 
which is obviously touchless three-dimensional fingerprint uh, capture and matching. And um, that technology on its own, I think, has reshaped um, the whole concept of frictionless biometric access specifically. Um, the, the visibility that it's had, um, the awareness that the market overall has uh, around that, that product now is unbelievable, actually. And obviously, it, it shows in the, the number of regions that the product is deployed and also the, uh, the volumes in which that product has been able to sell in, in the years since the launch, especially uh, after the Morpho Wave Compact was released as well, which made it even more uh, affordable and, and deployable in more places. So I think that, um, the, you know, obviously I'm not going to uh, try to take all all the claim, you know, on our part for for that alone. <laughs> um, uh, the 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 reality, however, and and that's why we've always, uh, from our point of view, had fingerprint as a core part of our offering. It is an extremely robust, but more importantly, diverse uh, uh, technology. In that, when you when you deploy biometrics and access control, and you if you if you do it right, a customer should be able to put biometrics at every single door or entrance. And if you think about it, pretty much any industry you go into, those doors are going to be located in locations that are vastly different, not just by region or country, but even on the same site. You could have doors that are underground in a parking lot where there's uh, minimal or, or zero you know, light. There may be some in uh, you know, dark um, security rooms, again, which are poorly lit. There might be some in, in outdoor applications, which are exposed to the sun and the elements. And there might be you know, some in, uh, obviously, indoors that are under different lighting conditions. And not only that, but you'll have different um, environmental use cases. It could be manufacturing, warehouse. It could be you know, clean and corporate or medical. And it just so happens that fingerprint is the one technology that is most immune to those external factors. It's, it's far less susceptible to lighting variations, for example, than either fingerprint, sorry, uh, far less susceptible than either face or iris would be. Um, and that is one thing that I think has kept fingerprint as the dominant or predominant technology or modality that has been used. Um, of course, facial is catching up. Um, you know, time will tell how far um, face gets in terms of ratio compared to fingerprint. But but by far, fingerprint is the most used technology, you know, in, in any region that we go into. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, you know, when I when Morpho Wave first came out, it, it seemed like a pretty unbelievable technology just to read about. But when I mm -hmm. actually got to try it out uh, at I think it was uh, Fed ID was the first time I got to try it. And I just uh, I couldn't believe that it, it truly is an actual wave of your hand. Um, and it it is very frictionless and then not to mention you also have the multiple or, or like the scaled up factor of it's not just a single fingerprint it's it's all of your fingerprints being scanned in a fraction of a second it's it's uh, quite amazing every day customers and employees trust that they will be safe as they go about their lives as a business owner and employer how do you keep up with that trust you choose a partner who has earned the public's trust. With more than 40 years of experience in biometrics, Idemia is the undisputed leader in biometric security systems. Their algorithms and sensor technologies, combined with their end product design and manufacturing expertise, make them the partner of choice for the most prestigious organizations. Idemia Solutions, 
encompassing contact and touchless biometric readers, have been deployed in more industries and in more challenging environments than any other vendor's solutions. Visit idemia.com today for a look at the next wave in frictionless biometric access control. And now, back to the podcast. You know, there was an incredibly strong enthusiasm for frictionless experiences in our year review survey. Uh, in previous years at conferences and interviews, I had heard some arguments and objections to frictionless biometrics. Um, the argument against being that some friction makes users feel safer. How has that end user attitude around frictionless security changed in your perspective? I think that, um, the, well, luckily, I think for us, um, we haven't had much resistance at all, actually, to the whole concept of um, friction. And what we've seen is that um, a lot of the, uh, or let's say rather where we saw questions come up was more because um, customers uh, you know, had this correct perception that in the past, security and convenience were inversely proportional to each other. You know, if you wanted higher security, convenience would suffer or vice versa. Um, with MorphoWave, uh, our plan right from the beginning before we launched the product was to have something that where you could actually increase both without compromise. So increase security and incre increase convenience at the same time. Um, because again, the, the whole idea, and I understand where you know what, what your observations have been as well. You know, if people are moving faster through checkpoints, does it give you enough time to to pick up if something's going wrong or if something's abnormal or if somebody doesn't get matched correctly? So this is really around why why we designed the product the way we did to give both a higher level of assurance in matching, but also make it easier for the user. So. For us, since 2015, um, this has become a complete uh, non-issue for us, um, and uh, you know I, I don't believe that it's uh, likely to surface because the technology has come you know so far. And, and I'll just add, you know, you made an interesting observation, and thank you. I mean, what what you described in terms of your experience or, or reaction the first time you use Morpher Wave is pretty much what we see with with any customer, and since then, we've actually also deployed uh, artificial intelligence into the Morpho Wave as well, um, which has taken the experience uh, yet another step further. Um, so really, with the, um, the whole the whole idea of frictionless now, um, there is no compromise in security. Being able to scan all four fingers, as you said, is actually more security than uh, you know traditional fingers where you're only scanning one fingerprint or one face or two irises. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is something that's now uh, pretty much a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that does seem seem very accurate to me. I think that so much of it has to do with familiarity and trust in biometrics now. People are getting used to that balance uh, rather than the, the trade-off between security and, and, uh, and convenience. Uh, you know, just um, wrapping up here, I have a few more questions. I want to sp talk specifically about Idemia. Uh, in 2019 and 2020, what were some of the highlights for Idemia in this past year? So the, the the thing that stands out way above anything else is just the adoption, the rapid adoption rate of Morpho Wave. Um, you know, we spoke we spoke quite a bit about it already. Um, I think the the interesting thing is not just the volume of devices uh, going out there in general, but just 
the fact that it's being deployed uh, at so many more instances or locations within each customer. Our plan when we moved from the Morpho Wave Tower back in 2015 to the Morpho Wave Compact in 2018 was we wanted to make sure that the technology was packaged in a form factor which would allow it to be used everywhere. Um, and I, I'm very, very pleased to say that that uh, you know, strategy worked. The, the, the product has done what we wanted it to do. Today, we have people, um, you know, the major changes that we've seen with the usage of the technology are, you know, taking it into uh, vehicle parking, you know, parking applications where literally, um, whether it's in, in, for example, residential uh, use cases or commercial use cases, uh, it's it's quite fascinating, you know, when we launched the product, we had this great uh, launch video where we showed uh, somebody driving up to the device and waving their hand without even stopping. Um, and, you know, today we can show that same scenario again all over the world in customers that are doing exactly that. So, you know, not, a, not only pedestrians on the move, but even vehicles on the move. Um, and again, just talking about the different verticals, um, the residential market has really taken off for us as well with the technology, especially in the high-end condominium space, but also the uh, residential estates like golf estates um, and these you know, large residential properties that need to manage a huge number of uh, residents and employees uh, at, at, you know, at high speed or let's say high throughput rather uh, through these access points. The financial sector has continued to be very, very strong for us uh, with Morpho Wave, um, with deployments. You know, those are obviously major enterprise enterprise clients, and the deployments are, are progressing extremely well. And um, certainly on the on the data security side, data centers, uh, that's another key area of focus for us, uh, where the technology has always played a key role and and continues to do so. So I think you know that that's that's the highlight for sure. The other major one is uh, we launched a product called uh, Augmented Vision. We launched Augmented Vision last year during uh, IFSEC. Uh, we did a sort of special uh, kind of private launch there. And um, that technology benefits from our legacy in serving very large scale uh, systems where we've been able to package a lot of uh, analytics, video analytics and facial uh, recognition technology into a very powerful tool uh, to help protect uh, physical spaces beyond barriers. So the idea there was that access control um, is normally centered around some kind of barrier where you have a fixed perimeter, whether it's a door, gate, or turnstile. But usually you need to sort of widen the net a little bit in terms of early warning detection. So this is a product that we, we've we always had in our, in our sort of, uh, um, uh, let's say, uh, toolkit. Uh, but we released it for the first time to the commercial sector last year, and already it started to, to be uh, very successful in the access control space. And that's going to be an, another key topic for us uh, this year as well. Fantastic. Well, going off of that then, um, what can we expect from Idemia in 2020? Uh, so the frictionless uh, theme, I think, is um, something that we are going to strengthen uh, even further. Uh, we will have a very exciting launch during uh, ISC West uh, coming up very shortly, further expanding on our portfolio for frictionless access. And you know, as I'm, I'm sure everyone has come to know, uh, when, when Idemia does something like this, um, we go big when it uh, comes to technology. <laughs> and we typically move the market, right? We change what's mm -hmm. possible. 
we change what what uh, um, you know what how people use the technology. We uh, always look to improve both security and convenience, and this will be just yet another iteration of that, just to make uh, things even more uh, convenient for our customers. Fantastic. Well, that's extremely exciting. I know we'll be reporting live from ISC West, so I can't wait to see what you have in store for us there in terms of the launch. How can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about what we talked about in this episode? Great. Uh, thank you, Peter. Yeah, the best way is to get a uh, hold of us through our website at uh, www.idemia.com. It's I-D-E-M-I-A. And um, there's a great section over there that uh, talks about all of our biometric offerings and particularly the access control time and attendance uh, offerings. I'd encourage you to take a look at, uh, particularly take a look at the videos. Um, nothing is, is more important than actually seeing the product in use, especially when it comes to Morpho Wave. And uh, you know, please reach out. We'd be happy to talk to you. Well, Gary, it's always a pleasure talking to you about this stuff. I could go on for hours probably, but uh, I think we'll, we'll end it there. Thanks so much for joining me today on ID Talk. Likewise, uh, thank you, Peter. It's, uh, as I said, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you. And so concludes my interview with Gary Jones, Vice President of Global Channel and Marketing, Biometric Access and Time Solutions for Idemia. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit idemia.com. And be sure to visit findbiometrics.com to check out the most in-depth year interview coverage we've ever published as we wrap up this many month long event with interviews, analysis, and even more podcast interviews. I'd like to thank Gary again for joining me on today's episode. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. My name is Peter Counter, and until next time, thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.